and welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs of the challenges and opportunities HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. My name is Julie Devlin, and I am here with my colleague and co-host... <laughs> Jazz Fields. Hey, Jules. Jazz, we're in a goofy mood today. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's not good. Listeners, beware. Uh, Julie, here's the deal. <laughs> I need to know what made you smile today. Yeah. I got to Pumpkins. Pumpkin. Pumpkin here, everything. Here oh, wait. Go oh, again. gosh. No. So the last two episodes, I said the same thing that made me smile, which is pumpkin, but I, I do need to say this so i found pumpkin ice cream sandwiches chaz they're so they're so good they're so good okay um but what really made me smile (laughs) i'm over it jules all right sorry so listeners what really made me smile was that my softball team we just we just finished our world tournament down in florida um and there were 41 teams and we finished fifth out of 41 teams yeah which was pretty cool um it was it was a a great time and uh you know just to finish that that high is is awesome and it's cool because we're actually like the oldest team of most of the teams that are there when you say oldest like in age like collective age collective age like like our collective age is somewhere around probably 39 or 40 like average age julia i I think some people wouldn't think that would be very old well no for but for this this we're playing again we're playing against uh women in their 20s so you know it's a it's a little bit little bit different so Sure. Chaz, uh, I need to know what made you smile today. <laughs> Here's what's been so great. I, you know, I just had this moment before I got on here um, to record this, and I, you know, I, 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 I'm pretty attentive to details. I feel like, would you say that about me? Like, I'm pretty attentive to details. Yeah, more yeah. so than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty attentive to details, and I'm not 100% positive if I wore this shirt in the last recording or not. <laughs> You know what? But I'm owning it, and I laughed, and I was like, you know what? If people see it, great, awesome. It is what it is. You know, like, man, did they just do all this in one day? I promise you, we didn't. We we spread these out when we do these, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know please, why that. Please made me email laugh. Chaz to let him yeah. know if he, yeah. <laughs> send um, golf polos. Please. Yeah, send send Chaz golf polos. He's running out of colors. Um, yeah, right, podcast. Right. So. so let's do this, Jules. Uh, business stat of the day, and then we'll we'll jump into our topic. Now, this is actually interesting about the business stat of the day. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about trying to find one that was super, super specific to today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we can tie it in, but this one's this one's pretty straightforward. Thirty percent of Americans dread going to work, and that was done by Sherm uh, within their research department on culture. So, thirty percent of Americans dread. We're not just talking about disliking work, like dread. I feel like dread's a little bit more powerful. But yeah. uh, what do you think? I, I think that you know I, I get I get a lot of uh, a lot of advice from from people about business and I've had a lot of mentors over the years and one of the things that I've heard from more than one person is that if you wake up in the morning and you dread going to work you're likely in the wrong role or at the wrong company now. Are there days where you just get up and you're like, oh man, I just don't feel like working today? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But when that becomes a problem to the point that you are, you know, it's, it's affecting you beyond 
beyond work. It's affecting you outside of work. It's it's affecting your mood. It's affecting your mental health. Yeah. I think that is the time that we have to take a step back and say, are we doing what is serving us right? Yeah. And I'm sure some of you who are listening may be feeling that right now. And yeah. it's it's coupled with the stress of the pandemic. I think that the stress of the pandemic has really exacerbated so many other things mm-hmm. when it comes fr- to uh, to stress and and work and that kind of thing. Would you agree? Yeah. So it's interesting. I you know, luckily we're sitting in front of our computers. I just googled the the definition of dread just to put it into perspective. It's great fear or apprehension, mm. right? And I I think both of those. If you fear going to work or you have great apprehension of going to work, I think it's it's exactly what you're saying, Jules. Like maybe it's time. No, I, I won't say maybe it's, it's time to look. Time to look elsewhere. Maybe find something different. Uh, at least for me personally, I also I also think that you know it, what is the threshold? Like what is the threshold when you get to the point of great fear or apprehension, aka dread. That's right? an individual thing, though, don't you think? Well, that's my point. Is I think yeah. that's the, maybe that's the question we ask ourselves to say what What is my limit? Mm-hmm. And if we get to this point, then let's find a job elsewhere. Uh, too often, yeah. we let the stress, the burnout, you know, all of these other things happen prolong like it happens over a, a long period of time and then we decide to leave maybe let's do some self-evaluation self-assessment to say you know what i'm not even gonna let it get to that point yeah to to identify the problem before it before it becomes too much of a problem and sure. before you're in it so far that you it's harder to get out of it if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. um I, I think that we sometimes stay in things longer just because it's what we know. It's, it's, it's what's comfortable. comfortable. We yeah. don't like change. Yeah. 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 We've, We've talked, talked about, about this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, but you know, it, that doesn't surprise me that stat. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I just wish that uh, we could just tell everybody who's feeling that way, Hey, it's going to be okay. You know, you just have to mm. make some moves and, while it may be difficult in the immediate, it, in the mm-hmm. long run, it's going to mm-hmm. hopefully work out better. So. Sure, sure. All right, Jules. Uh, so we had some requests on this one. We had some requests on this specific topic. We talked about performance reviews in a past episode. We talked about open enrollment. Um, you know, not that these pair, I think performance reviews talk a little bit or pair well with this, but I want to talk about career pathing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen a lot of change over the last, you know, 20 months. We've seen a lot of layoffs. We see a lot of return to work. Now we see companies hiring. I have yet to find a company that we haven't talked to in the last six months that isn't hiring. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing though. Different jobs, different resources, different qualifications, all of these different things that are being thrown out. And and employees are like, what's the whiff of what's in it for me? So I want to talk about career pathing. And I know you you actually teach this. You actually teach this to your students. Yeah, I do. I do. Here comes the professor in me. Okay, kids. Okay, kids, get out your pencils. (laughs) No. (laughs) So I think when it comes to career pathing, and this is especially true for, I think, small and medium-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. I don't know that folks know where to start. And when I say folks, I mean HR. I also mean you know those who have a stake in career pathing and, and moving people forward in the company. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you where I suggest you start. Mm-hmm. And Chaz, I think you would agree. Yep. First, you got to know what jobs you're hiring for, number one. Number two, you have to know the kind of skills needed 
to fill those jobs. Now, okay. that that's a profound statement. I know when I say, oh, you have to know what jobs you're hiring for, but consider, mm-hmm. consider, do you really know what it is a job requires? And if you say yes, mm-hmm. my question is how? How do you know? Mm-hmm. Now, Julie, I think this yeah. includes hard skills and soft skills, right? It, oh, absolutely. It includes okay. hard skills and soft skills. But yeah. you know, it, when we talk about where do we start, we need to start in terms of knowing what jobs we're hiring for. And the mm-hmm. way to do that, and I know this is this term is going to sound familiar to some of you. It's by doing a job analysis. So <laughs> I, I 100% I, agree. You can't yeah. career path without a job analysis. No, 100%. You, cannot you, do it. Cannot yeah, do ha- it well anyway. <laughs> yeah, you have you have to do job analysis because and I, we don't mean to insult anybody's intelligence, but for Mm-mm. those of you who don't know what job analysis is, it's the systemic process of collecting data for determining knowledge and skills and abilities and certain characteristics needed uh, to perform a job. Right. So the question becomes, how do we get those answers? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of different ways, Chaz. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about a job, uh, how do you figure out what it is that somebody needs to have to do that job? Well, you could observe, right? Yep. You could yep. you could diary. You can take yep. down um, information. You yep. can interview. Interview, yeah. Activity, you know, activity logs, um, discussions, right? Talk to yeah. your managers about what they do. Julie, it's funny you bring this up because I recently watched Office Space, the movie, <laughs> and it reminds me of the scene with the consultants that come in, the Bobs. Yeah, you the remember, Bobs, Do you remember yeah. this? You remember yeah. this? I love that movie, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and one of the questions that the Bobs asked uh, one of the characters in the movie, he was like, what What do you actually do here? <laughs> And all right, I'm good with the customer. I'm good with the customer, you know. And I, I, but but those discussions, like as awful as it was, they were actually doing layoffs at the time, right? You know, yeah. in that movie. On the flip side of this, they also were trying to find some efficiencies and process in this, um, and they were, you know, ironically doing a job analysis to some degree. But like, there's a there's a ton of ways to do the job analysis, but you can also do it in other forms of the business, right? Yeah. So I I think what we need to know is the goal of a job analysis Mm -hmm. is to focus on the job, not the person doing the job. So, yeah. So what, what the, the outcome is, is the outcome should be a really detailed and good job description. Mm -hmm. Because when we're talking about career pathing, again, that job description is going to show the KSAs, knowledge, skills, and abilities that someone's going to need in order to do that job. So, so the question I think that folks listening need to ask one, do you have job descriptions? Because let me tell you, Chaz, I have come across companies that I've worked with that do not have job descriptions. Um, that is not a good thing, not a good thing (laughs) in many, many levels. And we're not going to talk about compliance. Right. Um, but, um, you know, making sure that you have job descriptions and not just having them, making sure that they're up to date. Right. I remember, I remember when I was a practitioner, um, I always would sort of just put it off and put it off and put it off and uh, because who wants to re- rewrite job descriptions, but things change, things yeah. change. And it's important for us to keep those things up to date. You'd agree. Yeah, I think one of the critical pieces of what you're saying is 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 focus on the job, not who's doing the job right. It's it's the human element of driving those KSAs. So mm-hmm. so I want to be clear when we say that. So 
you know, how you're managing performance will help drive a KSA. Compensation plays a factor in this, you know, recruitment practices and making sure that those are explicitly stated, you know, the actual job being performed, right? If you are a forklift driver, you know that your job is to go pick things up and move them to another location, right? But mm-hmm. there's there's more to that, right? You know, uh, having, having a classification, are you certified in driving a forklift? You know, do you understand the safety precautions? Like these are other things that contribute to the job and it doesn't necessarily, you know, you've, you've got to focus on what the job is actually requiring. If that makes right, sense. right. Yeah. And, and, right. And the whole reason we're talking about this in relation to career pathing is because you can't path a career without knowing what career you're trying to path. Now that was right. a profound statement, right, Chaz? Right, right. Um, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think that when we talk about career pathing, um, we also need to ask ourselves, what's the priority for people to get involved in their own career pathing? I, I love that. You always you've said this before in the past too. You, you being a good don't good organizational citizen, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you've said that. You, too often do we step into organizations where they they don't they just hire and they say this is the job you're going to be performed. Someone gets warmed up to that job, they do it, they do it well, and then you know the next level is within the same department. You know, you may be an assistant supervisor, then a supervisor, and you stay within that realm of that department, right? And and Julie, you and I are firm believers in career pathing. Doesn't mean that one track staying within that department, staying within those bosses. We we have to dig a little bit deeper. I can tell you want to say something. No, yeah, no, we, we absolutely have to dig a little bit deeper. But I think we also need to talk about why we, we career path. And, yeah. you know, why is the career pathing important? And why is it important for you to make sure that you are having some kind of way to do this at your business? Well, think about what you said earlier, Chaz, everybody's hiring, right? Yep. Yep. This helps with retention. Sure. Um, it helps with diversity. It helps with managing a multi-generational workforce. Yep. And I think one of the most important things is that it actually helps meet the demands of today's modern employee. Yeah. 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 Well, no, it's a, that's my point, right? So, mm-hmm. so the, the the demands are shifting, right? We've we've referenced the site contract in the past, right? What what do employers expect of employees, and what do you know employees expect of employers? And as those demands are moving. It doesn't mean to the point we we're making earlier that the employee has to take some ownership to this, right? Yeah, yeah. They, it, they they need to ask the question, "Hey, organization, I don't just want to go the normal track. I may want to get involved in a completely separate, different area of the business and make that known, right? And and HR needs to do their part and and ask those questions, right? So, are we cultivating employees to do yep. that? Are we having the conversations? Are we asking right. them? Are we looking? five years down the line to see the kind of skills and knowledge and abilities that we are going to need in order mm-hmm. uh, to, to move the business forward. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, you look at the, the day-to-day of human resources and, and it, you get so busy and you, it's, it's easy to forget of what you're going to need down the road. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but having a focus on that will really help when down the road comes and, you know, you have plans in place. So... Yeah, and career pathing is a major contributor to succession planning, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, it's a major contributor. I think the difference is we lose employees because we don't take the time. We, you know, we've been set in our ways with this one track, 
version of promotion and career pathing. And this is what you do because you were hired in this level. And instead, we need to take a step back and really ask ourselves, what is what is the priority with how that employee wants to be developed, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Where do they want it? Where do they see themselves in five years or two years or one yeah. year? And I th- that sort of goes back to those stay interviews, right? Um, <laughs> having good. conversations with employees yeah. um, to ask them, you know, are you still happy working here? How can we develop you further? Uh, is there a certain department that you want to learn more about? Right. You know, I mean, these things are, these things are so, they see, they're seemingly simple yet they're so often not done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We, we asked a question too, Julie, how many, um, how many of you as employers, managers, leaders, et cetera, understand or know an employee's passion outside of the workplace, inside of the workplace? Right. You know, I think, I think if you start there on top of doing the job analysis and also, by the way, you know, if you're trying to stay competitive within the markets and within pay, you can do a wage analysis. There are great places out there. We know that pay is obviously one of the contributing factors to staying competitive, but take it a step further and find out what those employees' passions are. Right. Right, And, and, and then develop the plan for that individual. And maybe like, let's be real on the flip side for the business. Maybe it is that employee needs to do really well in that first and second job that's on your typical quote unquote career path to then be able to explore other areas of the business. Because, you know, we all want to be CEO one day. Maybe we don't, right? <laughs> right. But you can't have 500 people who want to be CEO and then go shadow the CEO, you know, year yeah. round. Like, that's just not feasible. But you can develop some contributing components to the development of the employee by understanding what those passions are. Yeah. And I think it's important too for organizations to have defined criteria for selecting people to promote and uh, who should, yeah, who should be promoted. And maybe that's um, our next episode. Let's just talk about promotion and succession planning, right? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? And and there's so many questions when people get promoted. Well, why them? What, you know, why them? Well, with having a career path for employees, answering those why, why questions becomes a lot easier. It eliminates some of the, yeah, yeah, it eliminates some of the sense of entitlement to, and not maybe not eliminate the sense of entitlement, but to say they have done the work that needs to be accomplished based on the criteria we've set in advance. Right. Absolutely. And then do you, and you know, for that employee that's feeling left out or whatever saying, you know, is this where you want to focus or is there other areas of the organization that you want to focus and then have discussions around that and say, actually, we have a plan for that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and hey, HR, don't be siloed with this. Make sure you talk to managers <laughs> because managers are the ones that are going to have these one-on-one conversations and they're the ones that are going to be observing the behavior and possibly mm-hmm. the ones doing the job analysis. But they need to know that job analysis is a thing and yeah. they need to know that keeping job descriptions current is a thing. And I believe, I truly believe that we as HR professionals, uh, we need to take, uh, take ownership Mm -hmm. and give ownership Mm -hmm. to 
people managers because people managers are the ones who are are with uh, the employees on a day to day basis, and we know that. So yeah, and I would I would challenge beyond HR, I would challenge those people managers uh, to really focus in and and figure out how do employees overcome difficult situations. How good are they at problem solving? Mm. Right. These are these are critical skills, in my opinion, as you continue to grow and develop. And some of it comes with maturity, right? Like just, yeah. you know, over the course of time. Uh, but if you have a standout, stellar employee, I actually had one in a previous uh, employer. Um, you know, I had the privilege of hiring a team. And I intentionally hired people who were, you know, seasoned veterans in the field. But I also took a shot on somebody that was closer to my age at the time. And his ability to problem solve was well advanced beyond his years, right? Yeah. Like that, yeah. And, and, and it was one of those things that was like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this guy in front of some other people. And uh, you know what I mean? And give him some opportunity and have those discussions because it was – it was really, really cool to watch him flourish and kind of take a step back. And he kind of gets this side head tilt as he's thinking through something. Okay. I got it. Bam, you know, mm-hmm. and move on. But how do I, how do I measure that? Right. So, you know, of course I go back and I put it in my Excel spreadsheet at the time and I'm like, Man, <laughs> it did so good. So when performance reviews came up, we had that discussion, which was really, really cool. But, yeah. um, you know, how, how do employees overcome difficult situations and problem solve? And we need to forge that into setting them up for success through their career path. So Jules, you want to respond? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think HR tech can help with that, right. Mm-hmm. Putting in, uh, putting all the information into a system, make, making sure you, you're able to curate it, um, and uh, I, you know, making sure then you can then identify the people that have the skills that you're looking for. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, there's a lot of passion that comes out of this, you know, career pathing again, circling back to, to kind of close this out here, Jules, it doesn't have to be the one, two, three, four step process to get that employee to follow one specific path within one specific department. We really need to challenge ourselves here and think outside the box because we know that with the change and disruption and everything that's happened over the last 20 months, you know, we've said it before, Jules, everything's on the table. And that means that the job descriptions and the job analysis probably needs to be performed right now. So with that, Julie, today, what did you find your purpose in? Found our purpose, found my purpose in knowing that career pathing is important and unique to individuals. And there's not a one size fits all pathway to career pathing. Uh, it goes along the, uh, the, the, the idea that uh, we try to create an individualized employee experience today. Mm-hmm. That's what today's employee is looking for. Um, and that is something that we as employers, I think, should strive to provide through career pathing. Love it. Love it. So yeah. today I, I found my purpose in, and I'm going to keep it simple here, Jules, the fact that we skip the job analysis step before we get to career pathing. So yeah. often we just say, here's the path, here's the track. This is what you should do. When in fact, we really need to take a step back and understand what our jobs entail. And the same job that our employees were performing 20 years ago is probably not the same today, even though our job descriptions probably reflect that. So, um, all right. With that, Jules, I think a few reminders before we go, don't forget to like and subscribe and use the hashtag people purpose pod. 
say that three times fast, Jules, on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Also, be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting workforceinstitute.org. Jules, before we go, I will say this. You and I will be together at the Workforce Institute board meeting coming up, which means we will have a lot of new creative ideas. Uh, (laughs) Let's hope. We're going to have some predictions coming out for 2022. There's going to be a lot of cool new information that um, you know will be flooding the internet, if you will. So, did you did you bring out your crystal ball, Chaz? Uh, maybe. Yeah. maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, exciting times. Um, well, Jules, that wraps us up. And uh, hey, we appreciate y'all and look forward to hearing from you. See ya.